91 FM, The Politrix Show. Just two more shows to go until the big day, and there is intrigue. Let me tell you, mystique and intrigue. And we are joined by Dr. Bryce Edwards for the second to the last time before the election. How are you, Bryce? I'm still, yeah, spending all waking hours on the selection, and uh, I, I felt that the campaign was missing some sort of espionage factor. Or mm. some sort of, you know, John Le Carre part of it. But um, we've been uh, lucky to have that uh, added into the craziness yesterday. Yes, well, and of course you're talking about National MP Jin Yang and his uh, purported Chinese military intelligence connections. Um, I presume you're not talking about the Jacinda is a Freemason YouTube video. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> The, uh, no, I'm not. the I'm yeah, you're going to have to Google that. Uh, yeah. Jin Yang, now this, this is very, very, this has the potential to be explosive. Um, I mean, uh, everybody who's getting any sort of criticism is sort of exclaiming, how dare you bring this up 10 days out from the election and, you know, National Labor Winston, they're all using that line. But um, regardless, this is when the, the facts have come out and, and it looks a certain way. Oh, I'm going to be a bit of a wet blanket on you as well, Abe. Um, I'm a bit cynical about it coming up uh, 10 days before the election as well. So um, I, I am loving the scandal, I have to say. But at the same time, yeah, I'm a bit yeah sceptical because it's, you know, we've had this, we come from the States, you know, um, particularly about these kind of reds under the beds, you know, uh, the, the history of fear-mongering about the yellow peril and communist spies and so forth. I think it is a bit um, of muckrucking to some extent that's going on here. I'm not sure what the motives are of whoever's um, you know, put this about, but I, I, we have to be a bit uh, careful and uh, you know, just assuming that this guy is um, some sort of spy working for the Chinese government and that the National Party is in cahoots with the communists. Um, but, so, so are you yeah. saying you're sceptical of the story? I mean... Um because uh, it, it seems at least yeah. highly plausible. Oh, it's plausible. It's, it's, it's probably true. Uh, but um, I just think that um, I, I get worried when, you know, the levels of vitriol and kind of fear about outsiders come into the election. Sure, sure, sure. And Chinese spies is about as, uh, you know, racist caricature as you can get. Yeah, that's right. And... We already have, you know, um, some parties throwing in stuff about Chinese-sounding names and foreign yep. investors buying up everything. And, you know, some of, some parts of those debates are quite legitimate, but, you know, it's just a bit uncomfortable, I think. And we won't know if this guy is... Uh, it's hard to prove whether he is or isn't. That's spy. called spying. And, <laughs> sorry, what's that? That's what spies do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do deny. Uh, they have uh, plausible deniability. <laughs> exactly. So... I, I don't know. I just think it's yeah, getting into dodgy territory. And we do know that you know Chinese uh, or people living under the Chinese regime do have to uh, you know if they're going to play the game, go through these sorts of military schools. Sure, sure, that's and, a fair argument. And I, so yeah, I, mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with people asking questions about this, but I just hope it doesn't get too fervent. Yeah, and, too racisty. Um, but I mean, he doesn't help himself. I have to say, by just refusing to discuss it. And I don't know if you saw the 
the videos of uh, the MP being, you know, doorstepped essentially by reporters. Oh. And he was pretty bad, you know, just saying, I'm not talking about this. You know, talk to, talk to my boss, talk to my boss. I've got nothing to say, I've got nothing to hide which is kind of just sounding contradictory, isn't it? Mm, and mm. you won't front up about it. Yeah. Well, what, so, did you th- what, what, what did you think about the fact that um, Labour was basically, like, not even going to touch this? Yeah, I think that's very smart. And it would look bad on their part if they did um, stir it, stir the pot, because their whole brand at the moment is this relentlessly positive uh, Jacinda Ardern you know, smile. And um, I think they'll be wanting to save their aggression for the things that really matter. And I don't think the scandal really matters to them. I'm sure they're very happy about it, I have to say. But they (laughs) won't want to be seen to have any fingerprints on it or be seen to stirring it up at all. Now, one interpretation of this is that... um you know, well, you know, say he was a spy, obviously the National Party probably kind of knew this letting him in. They probably are, you know, trying to have some sort of relationship with the Chinese government. Well, we know they are. I mean, they probably don't want to offend yeah. them. Similar to how, ne- and, and Labor doesn't really want to get into it because they don't want to offend them either. Similar to how neither Labor nor National really wants to offend the American military-industrial complex. That, um, that's right. Yeah. And, and that, that's actually quite a good parallel in the sense that, um, yeah, of course, the, the political parties do have relationships with the American government. And, um, you know, so it, it's not just the Chinese that are the bogeymans here. Um, you know, I don't think they are. It's, uh, it, it's all foreign governments, so, you know, the, and all um, parts of the system that we should be wary of. Um, and it is natural for these parties, you know, the political parties and politicians, to want to uh, not rock the boat and to have some sort of, yeah, conduits into those areas. And I guess that's part of the story with um, with this MP that might end up having a bit more legs. That you know, what's his involvement in all the fundraising in the the Asian community, especially in Auckland? Um, do they trust him? What will they feel about this revelation of his his past? You know, um, might it suddenly cause problems for that um, that demographic in supporting national if they feel that they have been duped in some way? Mm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Speaking about um, support and uh, voting, morning, uh, morning, Brian Burt here. Oh. Um, uh, on, on my way to the studio, I uh, walked past the advanced polling booths on campus and uh, seeing queues of people waiting to vote this early in, in the voting period. And with Cues? scan, with scan, wow, okay. yeah, Are and with like two people. Or no, 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 no. You know, like ten, ten deep, sort of queuing up. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and with uh, you know, uh, around forty thousand advanced votes on the first day of polling. How do you think that? Um, you know, scandals and revelations like these coming up within the advanced mm. voting period, um, you know, affects, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's the, the, the tribalists that are already advanced voting now. Yeah, that's right, I think. Um, and oh, we have got this strange situation now where we are having essentially a polling day that is two weeks long. Mm. And, um, and the rules are that we, you know, we can't have any election hearing on election day but we can have it during that advanced voting period so um, it does feel a bit uh, inconsistent doesn't it, that you can have all these scandals raging on after people have voted 
and of course people can't go and change their vote after they've made them uh, you've got to go with what you've chosen but um, yeah I guess it's certainly possible that some scandals could pop up that um, that lead voters to regret the choices they've made so maybe it is wise to leave it until election day mm. um, to make your final decision it's interesting because I, I just learned yesterday that it is in fact legal to do a selfie and a photo of your ballot paper if you advance vote, but not if you do it on election day. Uh, so maybe this sort of popularity of selfie culture among among the youth is is encouraging advance voting. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't aware of that. Um... This is what I'm told. Yes, that that the the. Um, provisions around why you know taking a picture of your ballot paper or posting it on social media is essentially an election advertisement on the day if you post it immediately um no i i think um i i think it's not just the posting of it that is illegal on election day it's actually the taking of the photo um so yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm going to look into that. Yeah, look into that. That's now. Th- yeah, this is an argument that's that's going on. Um, now, another thing I wanted to talk about as I was coming down, there was an interview with Winston uh, on Morning Report this morning, and Guyan was absolutely going for the jugular. And um, Winston, in fact, was supposed to do an interview on this show today, and uh, he canceled it. Um, apparently due to a perceived conflicts of it, conflict of interest, but it does seem like Winston is kind of on the ropes a bit, and his um, sort of pie-in-the-sky, everything-for-everyone is uh, starting to be questioned. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised about this. But New Zealand First are fighting to be relevant now, and um, of, of course they're likely to be safe. Due to their to Winston's seat in Northland, I, I doubt that he'd lose that. But you know, I, there's, there's a possibility they will drop below the five percent mark. And you know, the latest poll had them what on six percent. And um, we just presumed, you know, amongst the, the common period, so to speak, uh, that Peters was just going to do better and better this year and mm. become more and more relevant as we got closer to the election. But the opposite is happening. And as we know, uh, you know he's the, the grumpiest politician around, and um, he will start to, I don't know about panic, but start to lash out, and we are seeing a bit of that now. And are we seeing a little dip or at least some plateauing of the Jacinda effect uh, as well? It seems like some policy-based questions are starting to be asked. Yeah, and, and they should be asked, you know, because uh, the Labour Party are vying to be the, the main party in government, and they're putting out all, you know, this alternative budget. And if there are any gaps or holes in them or you know, lack of detail, it's, it's very right for the national to be demanding questions and for the media and the public to do so likewise. And, yeah, I don't think Ardern has been handled that very well or been very convincing. So um, it's, it's probably, yeah, the main weakness in her campaign. And um, it is causing, I think, probably some undecided voters to think about getting off the Jacinda train. Um, and um, relook at that option because uh, I guess tax isn't the most exciting uh, of policy issues, but people do think about their own back pocket when they vote. Often. Mm. So um, yeah, it could have, it could have had an impact in the end. Now uh, we're going to have to tread carefully here. Uh, we were talking about Winston, and there's these um, wild card electorates and. Uh, I always play it straight down the line when I do my political broadcasting, despite the fact that I am a candidate and um, I'm not uh, promoting myself. But 
I do want to get your academic opinion on this new strategy we've seen come out from top this week. Uh, trying to move people away from worrying about a wasted party vote and looking at the idea of a wasted electorate vote. And it just so happens that the the single most relevant electorate for that calculus is Dunedin North, where you have both the Labor and National candidate in the top ten of the list. Uh, you have the, the uh, third most popular candidate in Materia Ture having removed herself from the electorate. Uh, and basically you have a situation where voters in Dunedin North would be almost disenfranchising themselves and losing the opportunity to play electoral chess by casting their electorate vote for either David Clark or Michael Woodhouse, given that they're both going to be in there representing Dunedin regardless. So you've essentially now got a choice between these four third-party candidates. Uh, And I'm just wondering what you think about the logic of that argument academically. Well... I'm still thinking that through, really. <laughs> I, I can only really give you my answer in terms of will it work, and I don't think there's a chance. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, there's some validity there, and uh, you know, it's always quite a strong line when a candidate says my opponent is going to be in already. And so we're seeing that in Titai Tokarau at the moment with Hone Harawera mm. saying that you know, he's up against um, Calvin Davis, and Calvin Davis is number two on the Labour Party list, so he's going to be there already. So he's telling Māori voters in that electorate, well, he's already going to be there, but if you vote for me in this electorate, you'll have both of us there. Mm. And you'll have double the representation. And from my understanding, that is actually quite effective, and it is turning a lot of people over to him. So yes, I, I, I wouldn't dispute the idea of this... Um, of explaining to people how they can have more representation, how that can be effective, but no, I think it's, it's a bit of a long shot. Now, give, given so saying a third party like uh, Pop <laughs> candidates could win any of those. Yeah, give. I mean, given the situation we find ourselves in now, electorally, in hindsight, it's almost um, well shocking or confusing that the Greens did not keep Materia in Dunedin North, given that she was like a very, very strong third candidate in her own right already, and in all the previous elections David and Michael weren't so obviously highly ranked, and Labour didn't get enough party vote, etc., but now they're clearly in there. Dunedin North, I think at least for Materia, this could have been a um, a more plausible argument in the media. Yeah, no, I'm not sure, because you know, she was number one on the party list and so you know, she'd be in there too. Yeah, in that same kind of category um, mm. of having the three top candidates on coming in on the party list. Anyhow, um, actually, I wonder if there's any other electorate in the country that would have that same uh, extent. But anyhow, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was quite brave of her and interesting of her to swap over to uh, Titai Tonga and run in that electorate because yeah, she was never going to win the Needham North. Whereas I think there would have there's a slight chance that she could win Titai Tonga. Uh, I don't think she will, but I think there's a better chance of that than uh, Dunedin North. And so, do, but do you think that voters like? Because um, at first it seemed like a long shot to me, but the more I thought about it, it seemed like um, you know, as a voter, why would I just throw 
throw a vote away. I mean, for the party vote, we always think about that. And and traditionally, the electorate vote usually is a two-horse race, and we've never yeah. been in this situation where it's more like chess than checkers. Um, but if you if you do think about it, you're you're wasting your your enfranchisement. Well. The first thing I'd say is that the message is just a wee bit too complicated. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. MMP, yeah. Yeah, people do understand that Honehara, we're a kind of logic and just a two-horse race. Sure. Um, But in a more complicated scenario, I'm not sure they really get it, and especially because those third parties are so far behind the the leading candidates. Yes, it would take a mass exodus. Um, yeah, that would. Also, um, I, I think it maybe underestimates how much the electorate might want to be represented by one of those Labour well, right. candidates. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, so although in the Eden North, yes, there's that complete logic in um, the strategy, I think people there's probably a lot of people that want David Clark to be their, uh, their representative for the Eden North. So... I doubt that it's just purely a party thing. In fact, you get a lot of people splitting their vote in, uh, in Dunedin, voting for the Labour candidate, Claire Curran in South Dunedin, mm. and, um, and David Clark in North Dunedin, but giving their party vote to National. That's right. So at the last, the last election, National won both those electorates in terms of the party vote. That's true. That's true. But at the last election, David was low enough on the list and Labour was low enough in party vote that it wasn't so clear cut. True. Yeah. Right. Were you going to say something, Bert? I can't remember. <laughs> well, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, the, oh. the, no, M- MMP. I've been attending um, through your, the Otago Politics Department of having um, oh, yep. vote 101s and vote yep. chats and, and such. Yep. Um, really good, really successful. And. Uh, um, a lot of commentary around um, with this Jacinda Sparkle, this notion that we all have to vote Labour, otherwise it's, there's not going to be any change in the big drop in the in the Greens and stuff. Right. And this uh, misunderstanding mis- of MMP. misunderstanding of MMP, uh, yeah, from from the you know from that that youth block. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got to get better civics education, and it's people like you, Bryce, that we count on. So we're we're thank we're thankful for your tireless effort and. Uh, and- you guys too. Yeah, and hopefully you won't have to stay up too many more nights. Only uh, eight days to go. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you one more time uh, before that penultimate day. Okay, I'll try and give you some sort of last-minute uh, verdict on what's going to happen. Oh, we're surely going to see more excitement between now and then. It's just starting, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> see you later, Bryce. That was Bryce Edwards. You're on Radio 191 FM Politrix, and we are going to play some...